0: I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a the theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. What does paper have to do with your health, life, and career? Well, in this episode, you're going to find out. Yesterday was the Lunar New Year in Chinese astrology, so happy new year. And this is the year of the water tiger, which symbolizes strength, exercising evils, and braveness. All things that I feel are more than needed right now. And in today's episode, which also has to do with ancient Chinese methods, you'll learn some ways to get your life and health back on track this year and beyond. My guest today, Crystal Home, is a feng shui designer and clutter expert who teaches us how to use feng shui the right way to create peace and prosperity in all areas of our lives. Using her proprietary framework, the Design Life Method, Mind, Body, Soul, home she helps her clients design spaces and lives they love. In this episode, Crystal explains what a 3D vision board is and how it can help us have healthier, more fulfilling lives. Crystal's work and wisdom can help to declutter the limiting beliefs that hold you back from what is possible and shift the energy in your environment to set you up for holistic health, love, and success. I hope you learn as much from today's chat as I did. If you'd like to know more, Crystal has a ton of free resources on her website. All the links to connect with her, including links to those resources, are in the show notes. Cheers to a more grounded, healthier, happier, and braver year ahead. Well, I personally have been studying feng shui for myself and I kind of used it in my business a little bit, you know, with my clients years ago. Uh for many years and there's so much to it and that is why I'm not ever calling myself an expert. I am nowhere near qualified to do what you do to help other people. It is multi-layered. <laughs>
1: right. And if you haven't and if you didn't study traditional feng shui, yeah. classical feng shui, if you studied anything else, everything you learned is a waste of time anyway, because it's all garbage. It's all fake feng shui and it doesn't matter. So it doesn't even serve. So if you weren't doing the right thing, it didn't help anyway. So I I spent a good five years learning that lesson. Just, you know, so yeah.
0: Oh, okay. We got to talk about that a little bit then. But before I realized that you were from Portland or currently in Portland, I thought you looked really familiar, but you just said you just moved back yeah when- i
1: lived here a few years ago um okay. i lived here in i moved here in 2015 and we moved uh, in like january middle um mm-hmm. february and then i moved away the same time in 2018 like february first.
0: interesting okay i only lived
1: here for a few years
0: mm-hmm. i you do look really familiar though i'm like i swear i have met you in real life it's I don't possible. Know. Yeah. It's
1: possible. I worked as the in-house designer for Northwest Rugs and Furniture when I lived here.
0: Maybe. Um,
1: if you've ever shopped there, it's it's entirely possible
0: um, that, that you yeah. worked with
1: me. That's where I worked when I hurt myself and all of the world changed. Yeah, so. we're gonna
0: talk a lot about. We're gonna talk a little bit about your backstory. And I like to start out with things that are. Uh, off topic I don't know much about you except what I see online. so first of all thanks for being here.
1: yes, thank you for having me here
0: um, What is something that most people don't know about you now I know you recently posted something on social media and gave a little <laughs> bit of stuff about yourself so I want to know something that's not on that list and if if it's embarrassing, even better.
1: Oh goodness what do people not know about me? Oh my gosh
0: all I your time
1: I hold. Oh, <laughs> this might take a while I'm like write the open book I don't really have a whole lot of secrets I snore <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you go
0: <laughs> oh awesome okay oh. <laughs> Super
1: embarrassing but so honest like I I do especially when I sleep on my back I uh-huh. do I snore and my boyfriend makes fun of me my little <laughs> little choo-choo engine over there just juggle along
0: hey well if it makes you feel better and anyone listening <laughs> um I suffered from insomnia for many many years and now I take a um sleep aid I won't go into details about that but since taking that I <laughs> snore like I could oh yeah it's embarrassing and I feel bad for my husband so there you go I snore too and i'm awesome. sure many people listening do. <laughs> thank you. So thank Snoring you. Strong women unite. There you go. <laughs> Let's start club. All right. Okay, so we're going to get into the good stuff. Um, before we talk about decluttering, our mindsets, 3d vision boards, i'm super interested on that about that. I'd like to know about how you before turning into profession became or got into feng shui in the first place and then how you got to where you are today helping other people transform their lives.
1: Well, of all things, I I actually sort of started on feng shui. It's sort of like an accidentally on purpose kind of story, right? Mm -hmm. I was introduced to energy work very, very young when I was about nine um, from my stepmom. And it was always a passion of mine. So I always was sort of studying and researching like energy and and magic and manifesting. And um, I actually grew up in a very abusive home. So Mm -hmm for me that was sort of my only vision for how escape might happen right it was magic yeah. miracles and so this this idea of of magic and energy and all of that hit me very hard at age 9 mm-hmm. and, and especially at an age where like little girls are very susceptible to making potions in the backyard and yes. all of the things that we do uh-huh. right um so when I was in college, I went to school to become an interior designer, and just like everybody else, I had my gen ed classes. And when I was in my psychology class, my professor assigned us to write a paper, a psychology paper related to our field of study, hmm. and and they would only allow one topic per person. Like so, there was no not everybody was doing the psychology of color, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I chose feng shui. It was something it had been. It's been around for thousands of years, mm-hmm. but it had only really been popularized in the United States about five years earlier. Mm-hmm. So I had heard about it and I knew, I knew it was related to energy and I knew a little bit, but I really had no clue what it was. Um, and as a full-time single mom <laughs> working, going to school, I didn't have a lot of extra time to... To study something that I was super passionate about just for fun. And so I actually took it as an opportunity to study feng shui as it relates to my field. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was even more so back then, <laughs> right? I'm good. My call version, oh, right? Um, awesome. I wanted to get an A on my paper. So I went I went to the, I lived in Denver at the time. I went to the Denver Public Library and I checked out uh, like every single book that they had on feng shui. I shit you not, every single book. So it was like a two foot tall stack of books that I took home with me, and I read them all. And I wrote an amazing paper on feng shui. Uh And I have no idea how much truth there was to that paper because I was honestly more confused at the end of writing it than I was at the beginning. There was so much like this book would say this thing and this book would say that thing. And, and, and there was everything contradicted each other. Like there was no, nothing made sense. Um, But I had to get the paper done. So I wrote the paper and then I started really trying to apply it. Right. Like I said, I was a single mom um, working full-time and going to school full-time. At the time, most people that met me would be like, I don't know how you do it all. Like, but <laughs> like, you've got some, something going on. And I, so I was just trying to apply magic still <laughs> to my life. Like, how can I manifest the life that I want by using the energy of my space? Like mm-hmm. literally. And um, so I finished school, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I'm into my career And I had moved to Hawaii and I was working, I had just started for a very high-end residential design firm. And we had a client that (laughs) the design had been submitted to them before I started. And Mm -hmm. they had reviewed it and refused. They refused the design. They actually sent it back to us and said that the feng shui was wrong. Uh, They were from China. Um, The feng shui was wrong and they couldn't accept it as is. They needed some changes made. And so they sent it back to us. And my boss gathered the entire design team together and was like, I don't know anything about feng shui. Who can help? Uh, Who, what, uh," and nobody raised their hands. I was the only person that was like, I do, I, I know feng shui, I'll do it. And she handed off this whole project to me and was like, fix it. Here you go. And like immediately, like, um... Uh, imposter syndrome, right? Right. Like full fledged. I don't know how much these people know about feng shui. I still don't know that I know anything about feng shui. Like I've been studying it for, I had been studying it already for five years, six Mm -hmm. years at that point, maybe longer, actually, this was a long time at that point already that I'd been studying it. And I was like, I don't know that I know what I'm doing a hundred percent, you know? And I pulled out everything I knew. I grabbed books and I was like studying on the fly and trying to figure out, am I doing this right? And I had to submit it back to them. And I wasn't still hundred percent sure that I knew what I was doing. I, mm-hmm. I felt somewhat confident, but I really, really fell in love with this process of both, not just feng shui and not just interior design, but the marriage of both together And, and so I ended up in my free time, I found a, I I started studying, like, let me find a school that I can learn feng shui. Let me figure out what's the deal. Mm -hmm. And as I was researching schools is when I started really figuring out why there's so much misinformation out there and why it's so confusing and so hard to understand. Yeah. Right. And so I found a school that taught traditional Chinese feng shui, the classical original version, not the Mm -hmm. fake, fake, fake feng shuis that have become so popular, especially in Western culture. That's where all the mistakes come from. And I started studying it. And then I started taking on clients. I was sort of already starting my healing journey internally, right? The mental part of things, Mm -hmm. you know, I was sort of there. And so I was working with a coach and, um, a mentor around my relationship with myself, my relationship with men, my relationships with other humans, <laughs> women, everybody, you know, like the whole thing. And so I started working with them as clients and like being intentional about let's, let feng shui your place to your home to help you find love. Like, let me f- help you find your relationship. And that was really where I started taking on clients. Okay. So you Um, started
0: working with the people that were helping you on your healing journey. Like you said you're working with a coach, life coach. I
1: was. At the time I was working with actually a dating coach. Oh, um, and it was in a group program. There was, I think, 36 of us in the in the program, and we were all single and we were all sort of healing our own trauma around. Mm -hmm relationships our own rela- our relationships with men relationships with women right because our, our foundation of our relationship with women like starts with our mothers mm-hmm. so like I was sort of in that journey and I was into the part where I was working around feeling my relationship in romantically yeah. <laughs> and so we're all of them and so we were all on this same mission and in my career I was mm-hmm. like really taking on this feng shui thing and I was like I really I want to, I want to start my own business at some point, And this is mm-hmm. going to be part of it. Let me start like taking on clients, like on the side, I was still working full time. Let yeah. me just start taking on clients sort of on the side and figure out how I can do this. Because I really wanted to go away from this, the way it worked in a design firm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go into this virtual space Right, because all the women I was working with were scattered all over the country, oh, um, okay. and one in where was she at the time? I think she was in Korea. That was like where it started, and then I moved to Portland.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what year did you come to Portland?
1: The first time I came to Portland in twenty
0: Okay, I think you did yeah. say that in the beginning. Yeah. So I want to then fast forward to you had a big physical trauma that. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, obviously affected every aspect of your health, including your mental health, I'm sure. So you came to Portland, you, you got a job as an interior designer. What happened?
1: I it was actually, yeah, I was injured almost as soon as I got here. I, I did, a, I was working full time. Uh-huh. I was working as an in-house designer and I was injured at my job. I I tore a tendon in mm-hmm. my groin and oh. Yeah. And wow. it, because it was workman's comp, right. There was a whole, a huge battle actually ensued yes. over the whole thing. Right. It they, does. they wanted to prove I was lying. I just wanted to get a doctor to look at me yeah. like it was, it ended up and it went on for almost three years. Wow. Um, it took, it took them a year and a half to actually diagnose mm-hmm. what I had done. Yeah. Um, because of all of the runaround with, you know, I went to my doctor and then the insurance tried to get they changed my my is it MCO? Is that the right word? Yeah. They changed my MCO to get her out of there. And then she filed some paperwork and they did it again. And
0: oh yeah. Like
1: literally it's every doctor that ridiculous. was in my corner, the insurance people would do everything they could to get rid of. Right. Um right. and well, every time sure. they yeah. tried to refer me to someone that could diagnose. They would deny it and say I didn't need it. Like just mm-hmm. tender to physical therapy. And and so then they sent me to a whole bunch of independent medical examiners. I think yeah. I went to five, five different independent medical examiners. Um, the one literally said there was nothing wrong with me except for I was old, fat, lazy, and angry about my paycheck.
0: Oh my god. So gosh. much for
1: independent, like. How, like what are you and this was after like a whole year there was another injury mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of stuff that went on I was like poked and prodded constantly it actually took me all the way back to some of the stuff that happened in my childhood right yeah this, it
0: brought all that up I'm sure all of does. that up mm-hmm. around my
1: self-worth around um, around obligation around lies mm-hmm. me trying to having to prove that I was actually injured all of that went back to a similar trauma that had happened to me as a child. And so it brought up all of these things and I was stuck at home on bed rest. But one of the other things it brought up was this whole, I'm a hard worker, right? I'm going to focus. And so I started diving into creating this business, Mm -hmm. not healing my body. My focus originally started on, I am in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. I can't work. I can't walk. How am I going to support myself? Plus, I've always wanted to have my own business. Now I don't have a job interfering. I have all this free time, that I'm just sitting here in bed. I can start a business. Mm -hmm. And so for almost two years, I struggled with focusing on that and trying to just sit there in bed rest and do everything that I could. What I started doing immediately, though, was while this whole battle was going on, was I started doing yoga for myself. One of the things that I had learned as a designer and even from my very first client when I started my business my very Mm -hmm. first client was my business coach and all of them asked me for self-care space right in their office when I was working in a a high-end residential designer I worked most of my customers or most of my clients were entrepreneurs they had self-care literally built into their life Mm -hmm. and so That's really what I did. I started. If I can't go to the doctor and I can't drive and I can't do anything, I'm going to start doing yoga because I had tried for almost 10 years to develop a yoga practice.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Every time I would try, I would notice it would help. I just couldn't get it to stick, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I started doing yoga. But first, I sat down at my drawing table and I was like, I am going to feng shui my house specifically for healing. I did it for love. Like, and now I'm healing, you know, I've done it for business. I've done it. I've, I've done it always with this intention of an outcome. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's always been sort of a different part of my approach, I think, because I came into feng shui from this, well, I came into energy from this idea of manifesting and magic mm-hmm. and changing things because that's what energy does right and but I came into feng shui from the psychology side of it and how does it impact like our mental state and so mm-hmm. I was very intentional about a uh, coming at my my whole space with I'm gonna turn this into like a full-on 3d vision board of my life, I'm manifesting health and manifesting healing into my life.
0: Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Cause I want to back up just a minute. First of all, what is feng shui? Because I know what it is. We've already talked about this. I know feng shui. I am a huge fan and believe in it so much. And obviously you do too. And it helped you on your healing journey. It's helped you in your career, in your love life. What is it? Because it's not just, because like you keep saying, you combined it with interior design. And I think a lot of people believe the two are combined, which they can be, but that's, but not inherently. They're not always. They're not
1: inherently. No, no. they're not. In, mostly we live very instinctively in
0: our space. Yes. Feng, so shui, feng shui. Yeah.
1: Feng Shui is really, it's, it's, an, it's an ancient study. It's a scientific study, right? Just like any other science, there's an art to it. But yeah. just like any other science, right, it's it's theory. And, and there's been a few thousand years, I think about a little over 3,000 years worth of historical study of how we live in our space, mm-hmm. how we interact with it, how we interact instinctively. And then the reverse part of writing it down and saying, okay, this is what we know about how we tend to live in our space. And so we, this is what we can conclude from that. And so it's really about looking at how we live in our space and then doing the calculations. As a feng shui expert, my job is to do the calculations to, to position you in your home in such a way as to use the energy of your space to empower you in your life, Mm -hmm. right? Your home is your castle. It's, this is your this is where you go to charge. This is where you go to get escape from the world. This is like your sanctuary, your this is the this is your safe space. Mm-hmm. And it is it is supposed to charge you up. But if you're not plugged into it properly, it drains you. Yeah. Right? And so most of us live very instinctively in our space, which goes to say a lot of times our space drains us because what we've got going on internally, it, it's reflected in our state. Mm, yeah, makes that sense. makes se- right? so much sense
0: because you see, like when, you know, hoarders. Um, yes, that's there's always going to be a mental health component to that. Always, right? But Whether like, you're healthy 100%. or
1: or or struggling, yeah. right. It still is a reflection. If you yeah. are, in, and we and it's life is a sort of roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. We have our good and our bad times as as our emotions go, flow and ebb. Like we can't always be on a high. That's just not normal. Nothing yeah. in life, nothing in life does that. Everything has a cycle. Nature has a cycle. Yeah. Um, and so do we as humans. Mm-hmm. And so when we are in a downward sort of cycle, that will be reflected in our space. Yeah. Just like when you get sick, right? Or like hoarders You get, you get sick, you get the flu Mm -hmm. and your space around you starts to reflect the feeling, right? You've got, you got dirty dishes piling up and tissues that didn't Mm -hmm. make it in the toilet or the trash can. And, you know, you've got a pile of crap next to the bed and empty juice cups and teacups and all of those things, right? Because it's reflecting what's going on. Mm -hmm. When you feel better instinctively, you will clean that up. Yeah. And or you can clean it up and you will start to feel better.
0: Yes. And that is very true. I mean, I think we all can feel that, right? Like when you're if you live in a messy or cluttered space and you clean it up, you just everyone feels that.
1: Yes. That feeling
0: of ah that freedom. That yes. It's there's like something... it, everybody feels it.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's because we're cleansing the 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 part that it is reflecting right it Mm -hmm. sort of is a we're we naturally live in our spaces in a way that reflects what's going on like I said mentally mentally and emotionally for us Mm -hmm. and so when you study feng shui um as an expert on my end Mm -hmm. the feng shui part is getting you into energetic alignment right we look at we look at your energy blueprint. We look at the energy blueprint of your home and we align them, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're out of sync, we sync them up, right? And that all just works with elements, right? There's five elements in feng shui. They work in a cycle and, and you the, literally, if, if the things are out of balance, right? If you have two elements out of balance, you use a third element to balance them. That's literally all it is mm-hmm. on my part. But when you start to learn how to use it and you start to look at your space so that it tells you what's going on, then you really start to use it as a tool to make your life better.
0: Mm, Yeah. So let's go back to you laying in that bed, deciding to use feng shui as a healing tool. What were some, describe what your space looked like a little bit in in short, and then what were some of the things you started doing? (laughs) Well,
1: at the time I had, so when I first moved to Portland, Mm -hmm. I actually had a roommate. I moved in with a roommate to move here and that turned out to be a huge Mm -hmm. (laughs) mistake. Um, And so I literally had just, I had hurt myself and I was on bed rest and then I I got my myself my new apartment. So I just moved into a brand new apartment mm-hmm. and <laughs> I didn't end up having a lot of things. I had moved from Hawaii, so I sold most of everything. So I had a fairly empty apartment. <laughs> I bought all new furniture, but it was it was boxes of stuff. You know, I had some boxes of stuff in some corners. I had boxes of stuff in my closet. I had a whole lot of stuff in drawers that I didn't really want to go through. And surface you'd walk in and it would be clean, mm, right? Okay. You'd sort of look at the, but because I couldn't move, right? There yeah. was a lot there. It was one of those, excuse the mess, <laughs> excuse <laughs> the mess, but everything is spotlessly clean, right? Right. But there was stuff that I couldn't do, right? I couldn't vacuum. I couldn't mm-hmm. get down and scrub the tub. I couldn't, there was stuff that I couldn't do. So it was very much like a a superficial mask.
0: ah, Like how we cover up trauma (laughs) and stuff, you know, yeah.
1: Fake it, fake it till you make it. I was faking it with having my house look good. So, but I did the feng shui and I arranged everything energetically Mm, where it was meant to go. And I put in the remedies that I needed to be, but I was still really, I was still doing it at a surface level. Like I was just putting, okay, this fire remedy needs to be here, water remedy needs to be here, I need a wood remedy over here, and that's it, everything's good, right, energy flow, magic, do your thing, and it didn't work, (laughs) right, Um, I I, I was still applying it in a way that I had done from a very early point, right, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out if it was working, but I was still working with clients and I was still, I was really, I had, I had done all this work with clients and I kept noticing like where they were getting stuck, right? They were getting stuck in their clutter. And so I was really even research. I was like doing so much studying on the research of clutter and psychology and all of these things. And that's right where I was, right? I was stuck in this place where everything looked great, but there was a lot of hidden stuff that I didn't Mm -hmm. want to look at. I had a box in the corner that was like letters, letters upon letters upon letters from the lawyer, from the insurance people, from the doctor, everything comes in triplicate. My -hmm. lawyer sent everything in triplicate, the insurance people, every time they denied something sent it in triplicate, then my doctor would have to send something. I did not want to look at those letters, right? I was, there was just stuff that I didn't, I refused to look at, but those were like the things that were really keeping me stuck. Yeah. And I ended up going on a business trip. I ended up going to to see my business coach live at a live event. And it was funny because it was at that training that she had sort of thrown thrown down the gauntlet. Right. She threw out a challenge to everybody to say you need to do 30 days of live streams on video. Right. To start getting your business growing and start getting yourself Mm -hmm. out there. And I'm like, okay, like I'm, nothing's happening. I'm, I'm totally stuck. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I don't know how to tell people what I do at the time. I still felt like the best kept secret. Like I know so much, but how do I tell people what yeah. I do? You know what I mean? And how do I turn my expertise into a business? And so mm-hmm. that's where I was in, in my business, in my body. I was so stuck. I could barely move. My body was in bad shape. <laughs> and so I, I she she threw on this challenge I went back home and I was determined like I'm not gonna waste this I'm not just gonna go 30 days and just do dumb stuff mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna create something useful and it was May right I went on April 23rd so I came home it was the last week of April and I'm like all right May is spring cleaning
0: hmm
1: May is this is perfect for me. What I will do is I will do a thirty-day sort of spring cleaning challenge, and I'll just do it live and with people. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a little checklist and 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 I'll make these little videos, and every day I'll just do a small thing. Mm-hmm. I started decluttering, and I've always been a declutterer. I gotta say, I my I man, I've been a declutterer my whole life. I'm like three times a year major purges kind of person. Yeah. But this was different, like. As I was talking to people and I was teaching them about clutter, right? I was teaching them all the things that my clients had taught me about like where they were stuck and mm-hmm. what was going on. And I, and I was doing it. And all of a sudden, like the energy started shifting in my space and the energy started sh- and I was like, oh, like I'm on to something like this is something new <laughs> and different. Yeah, this is not most people apply feng shui as a band Mhm. This is getting underneath to the actual energy and getting it moving, which is really where I started to become an expert at clutter. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like,
1: feng shui is a thing. Feng shui is like, I understand chemistry or I understand physics. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's a pretty simple and straightforward set of numerical calculations. Yeah, There's no magic to it. It's very logical and very straightforward. The magic and the art, really, this is where I started to get that part because that was where it really became personal in, this is my clutter. This is my stuff. This is what's coming up for me. And this is where I'm stuck. And I started really like seeing it in real time Mm -hmm. and things started shifting, right? It it was crazy (laughs) because I had been in a relationship and we had split up. And part of what that box of clutter that of all these letters Represented was actually my love life <laughs> and a big part of that whole thing. As I shredded these papers on, I don't remember. It was like day eleven. It took me three days to shred all this paper, and I ended up with bags full. Yeah. And a couple of days later, I have a knock on my door, <laughs> and he's back in my life. Like something shifted in mm-hmm. my energy around being able to receive a relationship, and it like clicked. And then it was sort of another thing and another thing. And it just sort of kept moving on. My body started moving, right? I started doing, I was sort of doing both things at once, right? Mm -hmm. I started doing yoga even more. And finally, after almost three years, I got the surgery that I needed. Like, boom, just (laughs) um, about six months or so after I really delved into, I'm doing this feng shui thing. I'm doing it on purpose with the, for the yoga. All of a sudden I get this call, like, let's do the surgery. Like it's approved. approved, Everything is done. We're going to do it. And yeah, it just was like over just like that. Nice. And yeah. But then I couldn't do yoga anymore. Like, so I had to sort of like, I couldn't do what I had been doing. I had Mm -hmm. been just following along with somebody else. So about five days that I couldn't do it. And then I started doing it my own way. And all of a sudden just so much clarity, so much, everything just started shifting in the energy of my space was suddenly like I was the driver of it. Right. I was able to direct it with my activities, my actions.
0: Nice. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people talk about going with the flow. We all hear going with the flow. And when, when you have things decluttered and feng shui, it's, the flow is exactly what you just described um, for people listening right now that notice the clutter, whether it's hidden or out there, and I'm not even going to show you my desk right now. <laughs> what give us a few steps, easy ones before someone decides they want to hire you or even go to your website. Cause you have amazing resources on there. What can someone start doing right now to clear the clutter?
1: Well, when I say when you're starting, I always tell people to start with their paper.
0: Yeah, it's
1: a lot. <laughs> start with their, start with their paper. Honestly, it's it is it is the best place to start. That was not only was it that was the life changing moment for me mm-hmm. in the journey, but since then, I mean, that was a number of years ago, right? Yeah. I had some, you know, it's paper is wood energy. It's uh-huh. dead. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it's dead energy it, and dead weight, right? You think about dead weight. Yes. A human that weighs a hundred pounds when they are dead, somehow weighs 200 pounds. I don't understand how dead weight works because that's not the science I'm an expert at, right. but wood energy is the same. It's dead weight. Oh, that's so great paper, answer. as light as paper is, a single piece of paper is very light. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had to hold up book (laughs) for any amount of time it is heavy yeah paper clutter is very heavy energy and it breeds Mm -hmm. it breeds like trees right little seeds of paper drop everywhere and all of a sudden you have little baby papers just running everywhere it 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 doesn't it's, it's just how it works right you put your <laughs> mail on the counter and all of a sudden you have a stack of mail that's two inches tall and where did all of it come oh from? oh my I god yes <laughs> paper breathes and it's very heavy so it stagnates yeah. very quickly mm-hmm. and that's also why it breathes because it stagnates so quickly but it's heavy uh, okay and so even though it's not a lot it's sort of insidious hmm if it's in your office, it's in every drawer of your desk, it's yeah. on your printer. It's it's everywhere. It's literally we have books of it. Of I mean I have 5 three-ring binders on my desk right now that are all full of paper, mm-hmm. right? Those I have to clean them out religiously mm, because okay. it stagnates your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? And clutter paper clutter is especially insidious. Okay. Um, so I tell people to start too. there. Okay. That's a good once one. you've started there. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, it'll take you a week to even get through one room of paper. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, I don't really care who you are. It'll probably take you at least a week to go through your paper in one room. So once you've started there, go with what feels right next, right? Like go with your instinct, what feels right? Because once you have decluttered the paper, you will be amazed at how much shift happens in your space you'll be amazed at how much shift happens in your business. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you'll be amazed at how much shift happens even in your body, like yes.
0: well, in your well. mind, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you talk a lot about mindset, but yeah, personally, um, I didn't, I just intuitively, I always start with the paper as well. And I do it mm-hmm. like every season. That's all, you know, mm-hmm. my spring cleaning, winter cleaning, whatever. And it's just always, every time I'm amazed, always bags, bags and bags and bags of paper. But when it's done, again, you have that feeling that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's a massive
1: shift. It's a massive shift.
0: And so Mm -hmm. I want you to just explain really quick, because you're the creator of the Designed Life Method. Mm -hmm. What is the Designed Life Method? It is my
1: method of working with clients. It is, it is the process that I take people to take them through Mm -hmm. in order to help them declutter and design a workspace that empowers them to create the life and business that they want.
0: Nice.
1: So we go through this four-step process, right? Of mind, body, soul, home
0: of creating
1: Mm. a 3D vision board out of your space so that it Ah. is reflecting to you the life that you want to create. Nice. So that it can't help but manifest it, right? It yeah. has to.
0: Yeah. It's just
1: that's the process.
0: And you say a lot about vision boards, but I did notice on one of your Instagram posts, you said that vision boards don't work or something like that, and I was like,
1: oh, what? I know that hits you right in the heart, <laughs> uh-huh. doesn't it?
0: Because doesn't I'm a huge it? fan. But I want to hear. I want to hear your take on. Not necessarily because that's a podcast people can listen to and hear why you say vision boards don't work, but you talk about 3D vision board
1: instead
0: or in addition to, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but explain what is a 3D vision board and why is that better than what we think of as a vision board?
1: Well, because what we think of as a vision board is like this art on the wall behind Mm -hmm. you, right? It's just a frame of a bunch of pictures of something that we want to manifest. Yeah. It's wishful thinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's wishful thinking in action. It's not magic. It's not going to make anything happen, really. Right. When everything in your space is reflecting who you are right now and who you are right now is the person who does not have those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you have a 24 by 36 inch framed picture of your wish, it cannot compete with a 10 foot by 10 foot room that is pulverizing you day after day after day with the energy of who you are right now. The person who's living with scarcity, unworthiness, obligations that keep you playing small, Mm -hmm. all of those things are telling you why you can't. Have what's on your vision board.
0: Yeah. Everything about
1: your face is reflecting who you are right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When you create a 3D vision board, it is about turning your entire space into a reflection of the person who has that life. Mm, Yeah. The person who is worthy, the person who believes that they can, and the person who is not letting themselves be held back by obligations. Um, That keeps them playing small.
0: I love it. So use your space as your vision board, not just put a picture on the wall that, yeah, frankly, I, you know, I say, I love vision boards, but as you're saying this, I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause Oh, you almost even could get to a point where you stop looking at it. You know, but if it's your, if it's a 3d vision board, like you're explaining, which is your space, you're in it.
1: Right. Because you become oblivious to it. And so yeah. it's just sort of it's like white noise in the background. It's like yes. turning on the television, right, to work, right? Because mm-hmm. you just need something playing. Your vision board becomes the same thing, just like the reflection of your space. Mm-hmm. So if you don't address the space, you're just being bombarded with the energy of stay who you are right now. Yeah. And that's where that's where living instinctively and designing instinctively that's where the struggle happens, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you get intentional about how you design it and who you're designing it for, then you can design a space for who you are becoming, which is what allows you to become her. That is literally how manifestation works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: when you turn your space into her space, you have to become her. Like there's no, there's nothing else that can happen.
0: Mm, Nice.
1: That's how a 3d vision board works.
0: Oh, I love that. that idea. Speaking of space of, well, you haven't called it sacred space on our conversation, but I did see that you wrote a couple blogs calling sacred space or referring to sacred space and specifically for mm-hmm. self-care for someone listening, even just today. Like if they stop listening and they're like, I just want to do a couple things to start setting up a sacred space. Can, can you give us a few tips on that?
1: Yes. Be intentional, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Don't just, because a lot of times what happens for people is they're like, Oh, I want a sacred space. And they get this immediate vision of, I know what I want. boom," And then they go create it. Yeah. That's great. But it doesn't inspire you to use it Mm -hmm. because again, you're coming from a place of who you are right now and who you are right now is not a person who uses a sacred space. So you have to get intentional about designing for who you are becoming. You have to go through this process of, you know, design the vision. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So back (laughs) to the vision
0: board, the 3d vision board. Yeah.
1: Design the vision. And then you have to really commit, Mm -hmm. right? You have to make room for it in your life.
0: Self-care for sacred, for sacred space for (laughs) self-care. I got confused. Is that your whole house? Is that one room? Is that a corner in your office? Like you said, you know, a lot of your clients you worked for as an interior designer had spaces set up for self-care. Mm-hmm. What can be that sacred space?
1: <laughs> I was going to say yes. When you answered to the, for the first question, Everything okay. your whole home. Your, yes. Everything. Um, okay. If your whole home is your sacred space. hmm this is your sanctuary. This is your castle. Okay. This is your space to cut. So the whole thing is sacred Mm -hmm. to you, right? Within that space, if you have a whole room to dedicate to whatever, that's, that's my vision right now. My lifestyle is moving around a lot, Mm -hmm. but my vision is to have my own home where I can have A room that is a yoga studio for me. I do yoga every single day to this day. I haven't missed a day of yoga in five years.
0: Oh my God. Congratulations. And yeah, I do like two
1: hours a day, every day without fail. First thing in the morning, I want like a room for that, Mm -hmm. right? Just like I would, I want a bedroom for my office, right? My office needs its own room because my Mm -hmm. business needs a room. I want a room for a yoga studio because Mm -hmm. right now I have space for it in my living room sometimes it's in my bedroom. It depends on like where you're making room for it. Where do you need it? What do you need? Mm -hmm. Right. You might need space for yoga. You might need space to read. You might need space to meditate. You might, you might need space for all of those things. Mm -hmm. If you have a whole room and you can dedicate it. Great. If you can't, and you just need a corner, you can have the corner of a nightstand in your bedroom. Mm, Nice. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be I I mean, I, I hear people say that to me sometimes, well, I don't have room for anything. You don't have a corner of a, of a nightstand that you can turn into something sacred for you that you can, that's a big, that's a whole nother conversation about, (laughs) about self-care and and where we are, especially as in our mindset and, and our upbringing, right. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we learn around. What we don't deserve and we often don't deserve self-care is what we're yeah. taught right and it, it's sort of indoctrinated in the system of just being a child going to school going to work we're indoctrinated into the system to not care for ourselves
0: i have a question now that i'm going to ask you now but uh we don't have time to have you answer it on this <laughs> podcast but you told me earlier that you're going to be starting a youtube channel Ooh. um this year in 2022 So, and that you're, you're kind of, you know, you have ideas and you want some more ideas. My question is how as parents, so speaking to parents specifically, can you create that sacred space when you've got a child with a messy bedroom? But I'm asking you that now, because I know that people listening are going to hopefully start following you on social media. And then when you have your YouTube channel, um, that would be an awesome one to address. And I'm going to be keeping tabs on you. So I'm going to be looking for that answer.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm okay. sure you have a
0: lot to say about that. I um, do. <laughs> but back to self-care, and I know that's part of it, but, uh, you know, that was always a challenge for me. I have two children, they're 14 years apart. So I basically have, I now have been raising a child for 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went, you know, I have, my last one is getting ready to, she's 10. So she's, you know, coming into that messy stage too. My son was super messy and I just, I, that was always my challenge, even with feng shui. But my last question, probably, I think this is my last one. We're going to talk about relationships for a second. You've mentioned it. Everybody talks about it and wants to know about it and healthy, happy relationships are important to our overall being. Specifically romantic relationships is where this question is coming from. And I personally swear by it myself. You mentioned it, helping you in your own. And I think feng shui was one of the biggest, the most powerful tools I used to call in and connect with my husband. So for people listening who would like to use feng shui to help manifest their ideal romantic partner or improve the relationship they're already in. Can you give us just a couple pointers besides clearing the paperwork? We've already addressed that, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, what are some other easy ones?
1: This is not specifically feng shui. Like we're not doing some math calculations yeah. right with this one. Okay. But if you want to manifest, manifest a partner, just like everything else in your life, mm-hmm. you need to make room for them. Okay. So if you are single and you want a Romantic partner in your life. If you met that person today, you need to ask yourself if there's, if you, if you met them and they were perfect and you wanted to move in tomorrow, do you have room for that person? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if you don't, then what you want to do is empty out half your closet, empty out half of your drawers, and go buy another toothbrush. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's actually what I did. I mean, I did all the feng shui calculations too. Right. But I will tell you, <clears throat> including the peach blossom method, which is a feng shui thing. And that has to do with specifically with creating romantic, uh, love in your life. Mm-hmm. But I very specifically went and bought, uh, have an electric toothbrush. Right. And they were on sale and it was a two pack. And I was like, I can buy the two pack or I can buy the one pack. And, and I was like, you know what? I am buying two pack of toothbrushes. If you want relationships, Start buying things in twos. Ooh. Make sure you have two lamps in your bedroom. Make sure mm-hmm. you have two nightstands in your bedroom. You're going to share a bed. You need to have that. Both people need to have a nightstand on both sides. Make room for this person and get a toothbrush. Put it next to yours. And that is, that is using a vision board. That is creating a 3D vision board. Now, every morning when you brush your teeth and every night when you brush your teeth, You can see that person's toothbrush right there, being ready to call in and stand next to you, brushing their teeth. Like it's very practical use of, it's not a picture of an imaginary person on your wall. It's a, your toothbrush is ready. Your closet is ready. The drawers are ready. This is your side of the bed. Your nightstand is here. You're, I'm ready.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I am ready. Yeah. That is how you manifest love. That is how you call in a partner. That is how you use your space as a 3D vision board to Mm -hmm. manifest the life that you want.
0: Mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard lots of stories of my friend. You know, I, I tend to travel in, uh, circles of people who are really into things like feng shui and I had one friend that had a twin size bed and she got a queen size and added the two nightstands and voila, not very long afterwards, she's, she's in the relationship.
1: Right. Because you've shifted the energy of your space and you've shifted your mindset. You've shifted your, literally shifted your physical body into a state of readiness and preparedness to receive it. Mm -hmm. Just like if you want to have a business, buy a desk, like buy a desk and put it somewhere, start a business. Like, I don't even care if you don't even know what that business is yet. I have an idea that I want a business Buy a desk. I had a desk in my apartment for four years while I tried to figure out, what kind of business I was going to start.
0: Love it. And so, yeah, so buying a <laughs> desk or setting up these things. Um, again, feng shui is like you said, a science and there's calculations right. and we can't go into that right now, but like putting things in specific areas is really yeah. important piece of feng shui, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah.
1: That so. is the, that is the piece of, that is what feng shui is, is doing mm-hmm. the specifics. Yeah. But the magic part, the art part yeah, is what I'm telling you. Right, yeah. do these things because those shift the energy of your space, and it allows you to use your space for the magic part, for the energy part, for mm-hmm. the the part that makes a difference. Right? I mean, the calculations make a difference. They they really sync you up. But yeah, there's it's you have to be the master, right? I yeah. can only show you how to get there. <laughs>
0: uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, speaking of putting things in in special places. Uh, I saw uh, one of the free resources on your website, I think was a map. Is that correct? Yes, actually, I would
1: rather than that uh, the best resource that I have to get you started is I have my own method for decluttering.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, It's called the declutter your mindset method, and it's a five step process. And if you go to declutteryourmindset.com and sign up for that download, you'll get the map.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do that. So, uh like I mentioned this before, I would love to have you on again because maybe later this year in 2022 to chat more maybe about money because that is definitely involved in our total well-being and other fun fun stuff related to just living our best most fulfilling lives because this is such a huge topic to dive into. So, oh. we will we will talk about this more later this year, but do you have anything else to share or to say about mindset or feng shui before we say goodbye?
1: The best thing that I can say, the best piece of advice that I can give you is feng shui is about creating a relationship with your space, right? And self-care, all of it, physical self-care, financial self-care, mental self-care, all of the self-care is about self-love, Right your home is just a reflection of you. Treat your home with love. Treat your home like it's your best friend. It's the easiest starting point to be able to treat yourself with love. Most of us don't know how to self-love. This is where you start. Just start by treating your home like you love it.
0: Mm, Love it. Thank you, Crystal. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Thank (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet. And none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection. And follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.